Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy-ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he, shouldn't, be, he shouldn't be there. Well, I lost... Half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betcha Sub Podcast. A speaker has not been elected. Hello, hello. This is the Betcha Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I'm Amanda Duberman, news director at Betches. I'm Elise Morales, a comedian and the writer of the Sub Newsletter. And I'm Millie Chimeras, comedian and Sub Video contributor. We are all back. Hello, Millie. Back from your trip. The summer is is winding down. How? Oh. Where were? Tell us dispatches from the desert. Lay them on us. First, I was in the Bay Area to see my friend get married, and it was very wet, moist, foggy. It was very weird because it was like you would see the fog roll in and the moisture in the air. It was very trippy. And then I went to New Mexico to a retreat, and it was the opposite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last night of the retreat, like every we were coming back from the last event, and everyone's like, Jump in the pool with all your clothes on. And I, I thought like everyone was going to jump in. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was just me. But no. let me tell you. So, so I was the only one that jumped in. But um, let me tell you something. I put my clothes out outside to like get dry. Like things get dried. It, like it was crunchy by the next morning. And my friend there like line dries all her clothes. And she's like, yeah, it's like way faster than my dryer uh, to put your that clothes is, outside. Well, so. really? Yeah. That's fascinating. America. Yeah. America. America. What, what a trip. And, you know, I will say, like, you know, you I've traveled a lot. I've been to a lot of places. And I'm like, yeah, i kind of seen it. Like, once you've been somewhere, you get it. But, like, New Mexico was like, whoa, like, the architecture is so different. It's so heavily influenced by Native American culture. And there's so much, like, cool art and buildings and the colors and all the food and stuff. It was really really interesting and cool. And I got to like do some cultural, I, I feel like an asshole because the, <laughs> the resort was on this Native American reservation and they like owned it. So like this woman like was giving out these necklaces that her tribe made and she was putting on on people. And she, before she put on me, I'm like, how much is it? What do you want? <laughs> like don't fucking get me. And then she's like, I'm just welcoming you to my tribe. <laughs> like, oh, <you're> like, <laughs> I'm oh, so wow. sorry uh, that, that just, I have been infected by capitalism on every yeah, New York. <laughs> yeah, and New, New York, York and, and like, all this stuff. I'm like, no, nah, dog, don't put shit on me. That really everything you need to know about how we <laughs> ruined everything. Yeah, she's like, um, I'm just welcoming you to my tribe. Oh. Like, what the yeah. hell? Oh, my God. This is a gift. It's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, that is so it's funny. That is so funny. Necklace. Stunning. Stunning. Well, tourism borough of New Mexico, hit Millie up. Hit her uh, up. Yeah, <laughs> I will do. God. All right. Today's number is 15. 
this is a celebratory story overall, but we got to get to, for the purposes of our format, for the number, we're starting with the bad part because the number is 15. Sometimes Amanda has to massage the number. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is vaguely a numbers section. 15 players sent a letter to Spain's Football Federation last summer, drawing attention to serious issues with the national soccer program, which we'll return to, uh, specifically the leadership of their head coach, Jorge Bilda. They did not ask for him explicitly to be fired, but basically with all of the things that they were pointing out, it was sort of like, yeah, this this gentleman should be fired. Three more, in addition to the 15, didn't sign their own letters, but expressed support for their teammates. So just to pause for a moment there, that's a very large number of people to have the courage to be like, yeah, fuck this. Basically, they were like, we will not uh, be part of the World Cup team unless these issues are addressed, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that is a really high number, especially when like you consider just like I know just from like acting or whatever, when you get to the upper echelons of these these Mm -hmm. fields, people the attitude is very like you don't like it will replace you. You know how many people want to do this, like how Mm -hmm. special you are and you're in this place. Mm -hmm. So like, you know. I feel like that came up when like people in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry started speaking out about people who were abusive. It's like there is this attitude of like, if you don't like it, there's a hundred people behind you who will take your place and not say shit. So, you know, keep quiet or whatever. And I so think that is that's cute. exactly what I think their federation said. But of course, yesterday, the Women's World Cup ended with a victory for Spain against England. And uh, you couldn't help but notice after the win that the vibes were the vibes were I mean, the vibes with the players were great. The vibes were off with the coaches. Uh, they were not celebrating together. Jorge Vilda was booed when his name was announced at the beginning and the end, like as oh. they say, the names <laughs> of the staff of the staff no. and really awkwardly throughout the tournament. Players denied their coaches handshakes when coming off the pitch, um, you know, even, you know, after winning. It was just like, I mean, just imagine how awkward and uncomfortable being sort of like having to perform at your highest level some of the biggest days of your life. And there's this there's this your boss everybody hates is an, and is on the same page about, except for I think there are some people that were not on the same page. This team and its leadership have been embroiled in a contention over working conditions and player treatment for I think about a year maybe a little bit less. I mean, I'm sure this has been going on for a while. Like we said, last year, 15 top players sent letters withdrawing their potential support in the World Cup unless certain conditions were met. So not just saying like, hey, bad stuff is happening, but hey, we're not going to we're not gonna play for our country if this isn't addressed. Some of their complaints included insufficient resources for travel arrangements, which is one of those things that sounds like spoiled, but these are athletes that have to perform at the top of their game whose body is everything and needs to be functioning at 11 at all times. And when you squeeze them into uncomfortable buses for 10 hour trips, like that's going to affect their ability to perform. They weren't, I mean, this is a big issue with like women's basketball too. It's an issue for all women's uh, sports, but like women's basketball players famously tall. And they're like, we cannot, we cannot perform when we have been squeezed for 11 hours. But the other stuff, some really weird stuff is that they said they had limited freedom during training camps. And this included that uh, they were required to keep their doors unlocked at hotels until Mm. midnight and said that coaches frequently inspected their bags, which is creepy as fuck. I hate that. I fucking yeah. hate that. And yeah, these are grown women. They're not like kids. It does. It's it's so weird. I don't know. I, I feel like that was, how would you react if you went to like a retreat and the dude leading the tr- the retreat was like, you got, yeah, you got to keep your door unlocked until midnight. 
Yeah, it's terrible. It's it just reminds me of like people do that with parenting too. <laughs> like, and it's just like it just teaches people that you can never be private or safe, and there's no such thing. I get like. <laughs> If Ted Lasso taught us anything, uh, besides that Jason Sudeikis is insane, it's really that um, sports is, especially soccer, is so mental. Like, mental it is, like, 90%. And, like, having a coach is, it's, I mean, it's like your boss, but it's also a more intimate because it's so, like, you know, your boss, your physical, like, your physical condition mm -hmm. to like make an Excel spreadsheet or something is like limited and it is important and interconnected, but not as much as like performing to the top of your condition, running miles and miles a day, running up and down stairs, like dealing with injuries, all of that. Like it is like that blend of personal yeah. and professional. So when you're in a situation where the person that you're supposed to trust and you trust has your back, doesn't even like, fucking let you have whatever you want in your bag mm -hmm. you can't lock your door and like change in peace like that has to be completely damaging like there is no way you can you can uh perform at the highest of your capabilities if you're feeling like this with your coach Right. Absolutely. And what's crazy here is that the, the Spanish Soccer Federation, not only did they not take these issues seriously at first, the female head of the Women's Soccer Federation said, you uh, you all need to apologize. To they, She demanded an apology. And so over time, it seems like some players started to come back into the fold as discussions with the Federation seemed to take kind of a more productive turn. And many players said, it's not enough. They said, you know, I'm devastated over this, but I have my values. And that's just, I think that sort of is why their country is very much behind them. My, my, my impression is it's like, I think people see it's like, wow, you're skipping the World Cup, then you're not. I mean, w women simply are not believed. So sometimes it's something as drastic as, wow, these, these people are skipping the World Cup because, and they could have absolutely qualified for it because of the conditions here. So eight of those 15 players, I believe, ultimately did make themselves available for the World Cup, but then only three were selected, which many saw as retaliatory. The Spanish Soccer Federation has been like all over Vilda's dick this tournament. It's very obvious that they're trying to be like, ha ha ha, look how well we're doing, as if like these wins have vindicated mm -hmm. his problematic approach. They've like run to, because, you know, his players won't shake his hand. So the coaching staff will like, you know, hold his arms up and then they'll post like a million tweets about it, like on all of the on all of the team uh, websites. And, you know, they they did win, which is just another another. I mean, I think. Women see that win and think like, wow, they did that in spite of all of mm -hmm. this. Like no part yeah. of us is like, oh, I guess the coach maybe isn't that bad. But of course, I think all of us know and have had experiences where it's like you might – it might look like you're excelling, you're performing to your capabilities, but like what you are having to resist to get there and overcome and ignore and disassociate from, like I think a lot of women have seen this and that's, that's sort of how I felt like – like it's just how fucking talented that these women who had to like deal have been dealing with this for six months didn't feel supported like are dealing with the weight of that like all the time like I can barely write an email if I feel awkward and these women won the World Cup. Yeah, it's like it feels like something where like you can see what you want to see in it like people can inject their own like agenda and understanding into this win but at the same time like for me when i look at this it's very like they were 
they were the height of professional and they were able to like do their job even in the face of being told like, we don't trust you enough for you to keep your door locked. We don't trust you enough to not like check your bags. And it's like, to me, the way that looks is, oh, you don't trust us enough to do that stuff. We just won the world cup. So are you really going to say that you can walk into my room at any time? Now you're really going to like rifle through Mm -hmm. my stuff when I just won the world cup really. But I mean, I'm sure there are people who want to support him and want to support his tactics who are like, Look, see, he got you like instead of saying these women got themselves to the World Cup, despite all of this, they're going to be like, Mm -hmm. look, he got you to the World Cup by not letting you lock your door. Making sure you didn't sneak in Skittles or something. And of course, as we're talking about this, there are very, very loud echoes of the last World Cup, which the U.S. Women's National Team uh, won amid an equal pay fight. And it was another one of those where it's like, this win will hopefully give this team like the U.S. team leverage to demand conditions that so obviously should have existed, so obviously should have existed before. Um, And like what's so annoying is that like after, you know, after the win, like a lot of the players were asked about this by, you know, the media and they were just kind of like, can we like have a minute? Can we not talk about this right now? Not in like it's not important, but it's like I don't want to fucking talk about him right now. We did this. Like I don't we're not talking about him right now. Yeah. Also, the woman who scored the winning goal, like, found out that her dad passed away right after the game, which is just like, I imagine that. I know that's like so sad and so complicated. I just imagine for her in particular, it's like such a wave of complicated feelings that it's like, don't ask me about this fucking guy right now. Totally. Well, it just, um, you know, yesterday when I was flying on the most hellish. A flight ever. <laughs> I watched a really great airplane movie, Battle of the Sexes, starring Emma Stone and Steve Carell about um, Bobby Briggs mm-hmm. and Billie Jean King. And, it, it, you know, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, yeah, like this big tennis match, but it was obviously about just crazy because it was happened so long ago. It's in the 70s. And it's just really like, very parallel to what we're going through now around the world with women's equality in sports. And what does it mean? You know, Mm -hmm. they would never ever have male soccer players, like fucking not lock their doors. Like it's like part of their brand, male soccer players to like be womanizers and party a lot and be an Ibiza and all that shit. And like, that's like par for the course. And like, there's a lot with even some really disgusting assault allegations and terrible, terrible shit. And it's like, these guys are not being monitored at all. If mm-hmm. anything, it's encouraged. And like, just seeing on the other side where it's like, these girls can't shit in peace right. and, and all that. It's just, it's just crazy how something from literally 50 years ago is so relevant now and is still happening now. And we're still having these same discussions. And like a lot of the arguments are the same too, about like all the toxic men who take up space or make women's jobs harder. They're like, Mm -hmm. well, look at the results he gets or whatever. So it it just like really stood out to me as I was watching that movie, the movies from 2017. So it's not like it's anything uh, new, but I just, I watched it yesterday because it's, a plane and you gotta watch movies from five years ago well i mean i feel like this team is definitely um 
especially the coaches, this is not like the first kind of like archaic sexism they've employed because after the win, the president of the Federation, the Spanish Federation, gave a player an unwanted kiss on the fucking lips while she accepted the gold medal. He gave this very long statement saying like, I really apologize if this upset anyone or you took it out of context. It was just a really jubilant moment. And so as I was reading that, I was like, oh, did she say it was fine? No, she said she didn't like it. People are asking about her and she clearly was uncomfortable. And another thing, just like, leave, can these women enjoy this? Can get out of the fucking way. The cans are out of control. Truly taken out of context is so funny because it's like, no, you kissed her on the mouth and she didn't right. want you to kiss her. Like, what is like, I just want to about? establish the context. The context was I kissed her on the mouth on, in, in an unsolicited manner. Okay, sir, that's not fucking allowed. Yeah, like what context would change that? Like, <laughs> it's very funny to just immediately go to like, that kiss on the mouth was taken out of context. What well, do you like, mean? Who knows? If she had come out and said, and I do not know, I don't know. If she had been like, I don't know Spanish culture. If she'd been like, this is, a, it's okay. In a moment of overwhelming we jubilation, we all kiss on the mouth. But that did not happen. <laughs> and I have not seen that be the response. It's just like, I cannot, another fucking thing that these team members have had to deal with. It's maddening. It's maddening. But I hope this doesn't diminish from from their achievement. And I know Spain is incredibly happy. I'm so jealous of Brian, who's there right now. I know. That's so exciting. So cool. Big time. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Alrighty, let's move on to the main news. So August is usually a pretty sleepy month in the political news cycle, uh, but this week is going to be one of the most eventful in politics this year. Republicans will debate on Wednesday in Milwaukee in the first debate of the 2024 presidential cycle, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Time means nothing. I feel like there could have been a debate yesterday. Donald Trump has announced he will not participate in the debate. He said on his preferred social media platform, Elise, I'd love if you could read this truth for us. Absolutely. The public knows who I am and what a successful presidency I had. I will therefore not be doing the debates. Beautiful. Perfect. In all caps. Of course. That was clear with your delivery. Capitalized. (laughs) (laughs) He has been saying for a while now that he saw no reason to to debate giving his commanding lead in the polls. He told Fox News earlier this summer, quote, why would I allow people at one or two percent and zero percent to be hitting me with questions all night? Honestly, Fair. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, to take away, yeah, it would only hurt him. Yes. And help them. 
Right. But there's another interesting reason he's probably not participating. I, uh, there is a, the RNC I learned today is requiring candidates sign a, it's sort of a loyalty pledge. And Millie, I was wondering if you could read this one for us. I affirm that if I do not win the 2024 Republican nomination of the president of the United States, I will honor the will of the primary voters and support the nominee in order to save our country and beat Joe Biden. Well, now we have Millie Tamara's on record as giving the loyalty <laughs> pledge. Thank God. Yeah. I pledge allegiance to the RNC. <laughs> So in place of the debate, Trump will maybe probably air an interview that he did with Tucker Carlson. Sounds like they've got it. They've got the tape. I don't know what platform. I guess they'd air it on True Social. Neither of them yeah. have a platform that accepts them right now, to my yeah. knowledge. Trump's not doing that on Twitter. Right. OK, so maybe that's what it is. But doesn't Tucker have like a show it thing on X? That's now? what I heard. But I haven't like heard much about it since the announcement. I guess tomorrow will be the big the big debut. I thought it was a flop, though, and I thought I think Trump w- doesn't want to be on X or, mm. or oh, interesting, <laughs> like right, like isn't yeah. he like showing more self restraint than I am yeah. by never going on there? <laughs> um, maybe they'll just throw uh, it on the- YouTube. I don't know. I feel like yeah, guys. Maybe. I feel like that. I know Elise is gone, but the jokes on X on Twitter they're still just better. They're People so are good. Still they're so on good. X. Yeah, they're That's still funnier on X. Mm-hmm. It is funny to see, like, because I don't have access to my Twitter anymore uh, involuntarily. Elise left voluntarily, so like they like they Millie's promoted our strict on. scrutiny episode the other day, and it's yeah. like it's just like Amanda Duberman, Elise Morales, and at Millie's. I know, I know, our ex queen. But yeah, the jokes, the jokes are indeed better. So the debate on Fox News will be moderated by Brett Byer. Participants include Mike Pence, Ronda Sanders, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, Tim Scott, and maybe Asa Hutchinson and some others. Some candidates are literally still unclear on whether they have qualified. Uh, so who, who's your money on in terms of who you think is going to come away having made like a, the big positive impression? I think in this phase, you only really have a strong impression of people if you're in the sort of like, you know, small, per, small percentages of Americans overall who are super engaged in Republican politics. But who do you think like, I think a lot of Republicans are t- tuning in. And how do you think the polls may kind of like recalibrate after this? Mm. And does it even depend on the outcome? I don't know. Well, I feel like um, I, I'm not sure if y'all talked about this on Thursday about uh, Rhonda Santos's debate strategy getting leaked no. online, um, no. and it was oh published on his website. And uh, he was <laughs> most nervous about Vivek Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. uh, and he, Vivek seems like I mean I don't think he's going to win, but seems like a sleeper hit to me that that Rhonda Santos's team was so worried about him and making sure that he looks bad and everything really like piqued my interest on like, mm. wow, what's this guy about? Of course, he's fucking awful. He wants to raise <laughs> the voting age to 25. And um, that's so it, uh, isn't that interesting? Because I feel like young people are buying into him. Maybe they don't know that yet. I just when they did all of these videos, you know, at the Iowa State Fair, and they were asking people who they liked, all of the young people said, Ramaswamy. Well, young Republicans, which is like the teeniest, tiniest quarter of right. the actual <laughs> yeah. overall Republicans Gen Z. Republicans just don't even need that demographic. Wow. Yeah, oh my they're God, like that's the teensiest, so tiniest, like whatever, because most of the Gen Zs like queer and online anyway. So, and I mean that in a good way. 
Um, so they're not like you did just take the Republican loyalty pledge. So <laughs> I did, I did. Well, I said I'll support, I'll support the will of the primary voters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which, <laughs> if they vote for Vivek, I mean the primary voters again. That's Gen Z Republicans. That has to be one percent of the Republican vote. Absolutely. So yeah, it's. I do feel like, and this is something that we talked a little bit about while you were out, Millie, but like. Vivek Ramaswamy has the thing that Ron DeSantis does not have at all, which is like even the most minute amount of swagginess. Like mm. even though his even though his like policies actually suck, even though I still don't think he has what it takes to actually get the nomination over Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis is a void of charisma that the more and more people who see him and hear him speak are actually repelled by him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Vivek Ramaswamy, I think has a little bit more just like seems a little cooler, to be honest. Like, it's just like where, Ron, whereas Ron DeSantis like cannot seem cool to save his campaign for even one second. This other guy kind of just seems, I mean, again, He's young. He's an unknown quantity. He seems to just like speak in a way that people understand. Yes. Right. Yeah. He said, wait, I'm laughing. Now I remember the dumb thing that he said the other day, which is so stupid. And people do fall for this shit. He wants to tech private businessify government. Mm -hmm. And he said he will lay off 75% of government jobs to get rid of useless bureaucracy. Isn't um, that the go- aren't governments like the biggest employer? These people are yeah. ugh, these supporters are no, it's like stupid. Dumb. It's like, yeah, let's have less people work in fucking the IRS or like <laughs> you know, con like these really basic government functions that we need because we want them to work like Wall Street. I just let's, I how don't about we know. let how about we let Clarence Thomas go? The thing about Ron DeSantis, which is very funny, I put a link in here because I've noticed that uh Ron DeSantis campaign, I think they are actually leaning into kind of like branding his awkwardness as relatable. Like, oh, isn't it silly? He's just so he's just so good at governing and he's just so good at politics that he is weird around children. Ha 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 like, um, so like- bizarre. No, no, there was no, one video no where is. he was like grinding his teeth, responding no, to something, yeah. it's, and it's, it's just tough. like that's not awkward. That's like you pathological. Don't, yeah, you don't belong. I don't know. Yeah, something no, seriously off. He repels off. people, and <laughs> he's like he act, he's repellent. He is repelling to people, and it's very interesting because the Daily actually did an episode about him today, where they were talking yeah. about like his failing campaign. And he did very well when he was 100% in control of how he appeared. So it was just like, he goes out, he gives a speech, he sits at the desk, he says, we're banning this, he leaves. But now that he has to like be out on the campaign trail and you have to see him like actually engaging in social interactions of any kind, like once he actually has to like play off of another human being's energy, it's like, oh, blah, like he's just horrible. Vivek Ramaswamy, it seems like he's a lot more of a personable person, though. I do think that it's like once his actual ideas get out, like he's benefiting right. from the fact that also nobody really knows a single thing about Absolutely. him. No one mm-hmm. knows what he stands for. and No one knows what his plans are or whatever. They'll just be like, oh, my God, he's rap lose yourself. Like, that's kind of cool. Or. 
he seems kind of cool in like this one snippet clip. What he's going to have to come like combat against is that like his actual plans are some of the most unpopular and unhinged things I've ever heard. And I just still don't think that I don't think any of these people are going to oust Donald Trump. Mm, like, I right. just don't think that he I truly think that if if it is up to the Republican primary voters, they will nominate him from a prison cell from jail like it they they will not turn against him so it would have to be that the Repub- the RNC maneuvered in some way to not have him be the nominee because the mm-hmm. Republican base is going to choose him I think yeah and I don't think I don't really think the I don't really think Ramaswamy is super appealing to the establishment Republicans that also no, vote in those primaries like because like you own. said yeah right exactly and like you said his ideas are I think his debate performance will kind of depend on how well he is able to like basically say nothing and just put on yeah. the riz and not say like oh yeah I don't think you should vote until 25 and he'll just he'll just come up with something else I mean like you said I think something incre- very extraordinary is going to have to happen for Trump to not win that nomination but there are a lot of extraordinary things on his calendar he and his co-defendants in the case in Georgia they're basically welcome to turn themselves anytime they can come on over. Many are expected to do so before the Friday deadline. If they don't surrender by Friday, they will have active arrest warrants. I've read some reports that Trump might surrender like during the GOP debate to try to <laughs> take that attention away him. from it. That, that would, would be, be really him. fucking funny. <laughs> and the jail is, ex- is open 24-7. This is the exciting thing about the Republican primary. This is the shit that I've been waiting for um, is that the infighting, the scandal i just also have to say between i know we keep talking about this whatever but i cannot get over that ron DeSantis is only six years older than vivek ramaswamy uh vivek is looking like a great spry 38 yes. he looks like a 38 year old man if you told me he was 34 i'd believe it um yeah if a but, friend showed me like this is the new guy i'm dating i'd be like that's appropriate yeah but fucking ron yeah. DeSantis, wolf Ugh. There's listen, there's not there's not a good looking man that will be on stage. I mean, no. I guess I guess Ramaswamy's like not terrible, but just I already know his beliefs, so it's unacceptable. So yeah. the sheriff here, Patrick Labat, has said that he expects to process these defendants the same as any other, which would include fingerprinting and a mugshot. So I don't really know if we're getting a mugshot. I feel like his lawyers will come up with something. Um I, I wonder if he, he at this point he I think we've heard in the past he might want a mugshot. Who knows? We're on. We're on call. We're ready. We are ready to put it in the Betch's office. We have a um, we have a wall, wall of it's a mugshot wall, and it is specifically reality TV stars. So we are hoping to have a new reality TV star to add to the mugshot wall sometime soon. And Fonnie Willis is seeking a March trial date, which is. Around the corner, around the corner. Anytime I look at this, I get a stomach ache thinking about what next year is going to be like. Uh, <laughs> uh, going to be hot. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to belabor Trump too much. We'll be talking about him plenty, but those are some big things to la- look out for this week. And we'll be, of course, this uh, this debate is fortuitously the day before we do have a recording. So we'll be able to address that uh, pretty quickly with our reactions and analysis. Grace Weinstein from The Recount is going to come back and join us for that as well. Next, a quick story for women's rights and women's wrongs. This is bizarre to me. The International Chess Federation will effectively stop allowing transgender women from participating <laughs> in women's competitions, quote, until further analysis can be made. I am sorry, listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have an immediate kind of question. <laughs> that was my question. I think they mean they have to confirm. 
that the person has transitioned to a degree that I guess satisfies the chess federation, which is just like oh, so crazy. God. <laughs> exactly. Oh what? God. Well, which of course begs the question, like really what this, why did these have to, why are these gendered in the first place? And of course yeah. not all chess tournaments are, but it's just like, obviously it's just, it's a, I don't even want to fucking read the rules of why they think they need to be separate. I'm sure it's the most offensive thing you've ever seen. It's so it's also like until further analysis also, it's like, what are you going to be looking at the specific hormone dose? Like, huh, did you take enough estrogen to be dumb enough to be in the women's category yet? Yeah. I guess like I have a few thoughts. I mean, first <laughs> okay. it's like, you know, it's that uh, implication when people don't want gendered sports, it's like with the assumption that, you know, the gender assigned at birth gives them a- an advantage. Right. So thinking, but like chess is the most sit down and think ass fucking, I don't even know if it's considered yeah. a sport game, whatever <laughs> that I'm right. like, um, Okay. And then also I'm just like with these laws, with the laws intended, like these random ass laws, sometimes I'm like, yo, you are fucking targeting exactly two people. And like, like, I don't know how, I mean, whatever, but I'm like, I don't know how many people, you know, are, feel like they're born in the wrong body go through taking estrogen, wearing different clothes, get de- get different pronouns. And then the first thing they do is like, you know what? I want to play chess. I want to play chess. That's what I want to do. <laughs> now that I'm a woman, I want to play chess. It's their right. They should do it. I just don't feel like that's just the most popular <laughs> no, thing. I don't think the, so either. I didn't see any chess in pose. I didn't <laughs> see any chess in pose. Did you? I- I'm just feeling, I'm sitting here like, was the Queen's Gambit for nothing? I it was for we nothing. Nothing. I we solved all of this. Lady Brains and Man Brains can both play chess. And uh, what? I, and I'm do so, well. And do well. I'm just so confused as to what this could possibly be about. There's a double standard here, I believe. And it... The organization is also going to remove titles won by trans men players who won in women's categories and later transitioned to male. But oh transgender women can keep the titles they earned prior to transition. I'm struggling here because I know there is transphobia in one specific, especially in one direction or the other, but I am struggling to figure it out because this is so confusing. The Federation claims that a person's gender has a major impact on their status in the Federation and the tournament circuit. So it's like the fact that they've ever separated these is the problem, I I guess. And like you said, a lot of people are confused or why this is relevant in chess because, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, trans athletes and that the discussion there is that are there inherent athletic abilities that you were you know ba- that you just have based on the gender you were assigned at birth but like you said there are no athletic abilities in chess and and it, of course it's it's similar to things we've talked about before like awards categories in acting or in musicals but this is just this just seems like who asked who asked for this i'm wondering it kind of sounds like maybe female players did but it's like did self-hate it it's it's very bizarre and it begs a lot of questions about like you wonder like is some how far is this going to go like we know that there are you know parents that are upset by trans girls being able to participate in some sports but it's like when you are if you're a if you're a parent and you're thinking I'm going to call because it's not fair that my daughter has to participate with somebody who was born a man it's like well th- that's not very empowering to her yeah <laughs> if you just no. intrinsically do not uh believe like I like it, it's 
We're confused. Stripping titles too is just like, it just seems like so violent, you know, it's just like, absolutely. like what? I don't know. These people it's- are gone, gone off the fucking deep end. Like who fucking cares? Let anyone play. Like, I just don't understand how anyone's identity affects the ability to move this, like this boring ass game, <laughs> like even Queen's Gambit, like it was yeah. still a little like, that girl literally had to like be in underwear on fucking uppers to be to make it fucking interesting. I'm sorry. Don't I'm computers sorry. play chess? Like, don't they? Can won't they have- play a computer? Yeah, like, I don't computer. understand. You gonna further? You gonna look at? You gonna look in the the computers undies to make sure they're like a lady player? I'm oh, just so geez. confused, and it really does like it's so convoluted and bizarre that it's bringing up. Um, our friend Marshabelsky has a viral song about mm-hmm. uh, astronauts giving Sally Ride 100 tampons. And it's just, there's this one line that's like, these are our nation's greatest minds. <laughs> it's yeah. like, these are supposed to be smart people. And they're like, well, if they were a man before, then mm-hmm. they can't do it now. But then mm-hmm. if you're a yeah. woman, you, I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Well, actually yeah. what it is, is, like, I think, I think you use, I haven't played chess for a while, but maybe you use your tits and your dick to move the pieces around. Maybe that's no. what it is. <laughs> Not, they can't even make chess porn that fun. Right. Of course. Of yeah. course. <laughs> and there was a great tweet I saw that I posted that was like, isn't the objective to like empower your queen? Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I'm just popping back in because I wanted to note at the top of this segment that it does contain some references to looking at ultrasound pictures that may be upsetting or pregnancy loss situations. So if that's something that's upsetting to you, you might want to skip this segment. We will move on to another, a similarly uh, laughable, but also just devastating that that these people exist among us story. So today we're checking in for our men. Okay. Judge James Ho of the fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Last week, uh, we didn't talk about last week, but this court, because it was just a lot of bummer stories that day. I'm sorry. Last week, this court ruled that mifepristone should not be prescribed under certain circumstances, such as after seven weeks or via telemedicine. So the mifepristone access issue is making its way to the Supreme Court, which has already put a stay on restrictions. Remember that crazy religious guy who was like, no, no abortion pill because the FDA didn't research it enough. So this ruling doesn't quite change the status quo yet. 
James Ho is one of the judges and he wrote in his own separate ruling. You always know it's going to be unhinged when you've got the most, when you've got like three batshit conservative justices and one of them is doing their own thing. That's when you know shit's about to get crazy. This man wrote uh, in a separate ruling that Mifepristone, which is the abortion pill, should be restricted so that medical providers do not suffer, quote, aesthetic injury from the destruction of unborn life. He is saying that providing mifepristone can make providers upset, that that being able to uh, to see babies grow in the womb is something that people enjoy, and uh, <laughs> therefore women should have to remain pregnant, I guess. This is real. He borrowed this from some environmental case law that deals with development projects prohibiting people from enjoying wildlife. So if a development project is going to use a pesticide, that's going to like have an impact. On, it might kill wildlife, and that's a critical part of kind of enjoyment. Those people, I guess, have standing to be like, "Hey, this isn't okay." So I, I assume I think this related to, to the standing of these providers to be like, "Hey, no pill." Uh, he extended this this you know wildlife being able to not be poisoned to death, and us being able to watch that to uh, unborn fetuses. I don't know, guys. I've never been to an uh, unborn fetus zoo. I don't think I would en- get any aesthetic value from that. Yeah. <laughs> what? The range of facial expressions on Elise this episode. I really, I might have to put some videos up. I'm so confused by what people are saying. Let's before we <laughs> before we discuss this more. I'll read the full quote of this judge, which is you know fully captures how he feels about this. He says. Unborn babies are a source of profound joy for those who view them. Expectant parents eagerly share ultrasound photos with loved ones. Friends and family cheer at the sight of an unborn child. Doctors delight in working with their unborn patients and experience an aesthetic injury when they are aborted. That is what this man said. Therefore, (sighs) the abortion pill. I don't specifically know why like this has to do with the abortion with mifepristone or if it's about uh, abortion overall. I don't know if he's like talking about like You're what not- happens when you take mifepristone, but this argument is insane. It's insane. It implies that we are literally just incubators for, for like pretty pictures. <laughs> yeah. No one, nowhere in his quote or in any of the arguments is he actually even mentioning the people that have to carry nowhere. the unborn fetus. Nowhere is there any consideration. And it's like the doctor's no. feelings go over the reality that this this woman, these people have to fucking live with the baby for the rest of their lives. There's- so that so that you could look at a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. So that, like like your body is actually just the backdrop of the ultrasound, basically. It's also okay, I there are so many things. Obviously, this is like a completely insane thing to say, but it's like, yeah, people like to see ultrasound photos because what that represents is like a family that is choosing to expand. It's an exciting time for that mm-hmm. person. It's not just like, I don't just like stare at ultrasound photos in my free time. I will like an ultrasound photo. If a couple that I know is like, we're having a baby and they're excited about it. It's anyone who's sharing an ultrasound photo is also not someone who's probably going for like a mifepristone abortion, unless something terrible has happened to them, which is the thing that we keep coming back to is like, like if someone who has shared their ultrasound photo is then getting an abortion, it is because something has gone wrong terribly and they're in a horrible place emotionally. Anyone else who's getting an abortion isn't sharing their ultrasound photo with friends and family. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't, 
make sense. And also, doctors, they're doctors. Like, they <laughs> see things that are upsetting. It's part of the job to see things that would actually freak other people out. My first thought was, how about the fucking aesthetic injury of a six-year-old blown apart by a machine gun? Yeah. yeah. How, how the fuck about that? Like, yeah. if this is really something that's going to give doctors standing, which like to put, a, it, it's not this, this judge is insane. This makes no sense. But this is really like, like the point of this is how insane the judges are that Trump put in and how much work it's going to take. And like, it's honestly a great rallying cry for another Biden term because it's like, we got to let these people die off and get as many people in as we can so that we don't have motherfuckers saying that uh, abortion should be illegal be- so that doctors can look at pictures of fetuses because they like that. Right. And also, what about the aesthetic injury of thinking about what's going on in Texas? All these doctors who have like banded Ugh. together with these women to talk about how horrible it is to continue looking at ultrasounds of a baby that's not viable, that they know they should be able to provide a humane abortion for, but now they can't. Now they have to deliver a baby that is going to pass away, that they know is going to pass away, that maybe has like physical, like malformations and stuff that are disturbing. Like what about the aesthetic injury of that, that they are actually going to see with their own eyes. Whereas like providing someone with mifepristone just means that you won't see potential ultrasounds in the future, not providing someone an abortion when they really need it because there's a serious pregnancy complication means that that doctor will view the birth of this baby and will view ultrasounds of a non-viable fetus going forward. And the woman who is not involved in any of this, who's the incubator of this egg. Yeah, if you don't want to see something upsetting, it seems like mifepristone is the best path because you go home. Elise said it is not a, you know, a, a child being formed with being delivered either dead or with a deformity. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I think just another quick point that I, I feel like is in my heart to say is just we talk a lot about, you know, how the Republican Party and the right is getting multicultural very quickly. And we've talked about that with uh, Latino uh, people, mostly men, getting courted by the right. And we've talked about that with black men. They are getting courted by the right. Ice Cube's on Tucker Carlson. Uh, And (laughs) this, between James Ho and Vivek Ramaswamy, we need to have a conversation with about uh, Asian American people in this country being courted with the right, and there's yeah, there's are. roots uh, in, in you know in different countries, but also with the acknowledgement of like this might be something that Democrats have to focus on too. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that like you know again, um, just as their you know the, the conservative views can be attractive to people of all races. We need to start, again, people of all races care about women's issues, mm-hmm. and we need to start really running on that. that. That was just something that stood out to me of like... Yes, definitely. Right. I mean, the more and more, it's like more and more over the past like years in my career where I've always talked about like liberal politics, it used to be like, you could just sort of say, have fire off your like, oh, another straight white man trying to control yeah. us. And that's just simply you... That's... Not the truth anymore. A lot of times it's a white woman. It could be a black woman. It could be an Asian mm-hmm. man. Like it's like, like you said, there's um, 
Obviously, if you look at the demographics, generally speaking of who votes when, but you can't take for granted. We talked about this last week. um, Young women who are getting courted by the conservative movement. There is no demographic or faction that Democrats can take for granted whatsoever. Uh, And I think this man (laughs) saying that uh, fetuses have more deserve to get their school picture taken more than women deserve bodily autonomy is a good example of that. That is our show for today. On that on that note, uh, until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.